Professors FM. Analytics with Mike Lewis, the podcast where we talk about everything you need to know about sports analytics. Here's your host, Mike Lewis, marketing professor at Emory University. This is Mike Lewis here. Welcome everyone to the Fanalytics podcast. Today's topic really gets at the the impact of marketing on sports fandom. So recently, the XFL announced team names and logos for the eight cities that are going to make up the league in their uh, inaugural season, or I, I suppose we could also look at this as their relaunch. So I'm, I'm going to admit to really loving this story for a couple of reasons. Number one, I've got some, by way of academic background, and research background. I've spent a lot of my career thinking about brand consumer relationships. I've also done a good amount of research related to team names and team mascots. I also used an assignment in my sports analytics class, which asked students to come up with a rebranding proposal for a team. And the team has varied over time for a team that has a problem or issues or challenges associated with their with their brand name. I also in terms of just general business challenges love watching the launch of new professional football leagues. I remember the USFL in the 80s, the XFL around the year 2000, the AAF just last year and now the XFL 2. It's an amazing business story to watch. I mean, if you think about the place that the NFL holds in American sports culture, you know, it's been the dominant league for decades. The teams in the NFL have incredibly loyal fan followings, incredible passion. And and so the idea of trying to come at things from a fresh new start and trying to build teams or brands from the ground up is an amazing challenge. It's a daunting proposition, but it's one that we tend to see millionaires and maybe the occasional billionaire wanting to take a swing at every few years. So an absolutely fascinating story to watch begin to play out. I mentioned that I actually give an assignment in class related to sports branding. This assignment, I can't take credit for the original idea. It was developed originally by a colleague of mine at UF. The original assignment was asking students to rebrand the University of Illinois sports team. So as many of you may know, the the Illini moved away from having Chief Illini Wick as a symbol of the sports programs, I think in the year 2007, 2008. And so from a marketing perspective this is really a challenging situation, right? So how do you sort of move forward? If a big part of your branding, if a big part of the images you use to connect fans to your program is taking away, how do you recover from that? Now, over time, that assignment has actually actually morphed and changed a little bit. Um, so when I was doing the assignment at Washington University in St. Louis, it was it was fine. A lot of familiarity with the with Illinois and in St. Louis. But when I moved to Emory, the number of students that wanted to pronounce Illinois as Illinois or wanted to pronounce the team name as 
Well, the the Illini team name is the Alini. It, it truly kind of hurt my soul. And so the assignment over time morphed to being about the Washington Redskins, sort of a more high profile and more controversial situation. And, and, and so as I've, and students tend to enjoy, enjoy the assignment. I mean, it, it's, it's a fun one, right? It's a, it's actually incredibly challenging, incredibly difficult but it relies on creativity and some knowledge of sports fandom, some knowledge of a, a local a local environment, you know, what what's sort of important or relevant in that city. Um, so the students enjoy it. Now, on the grading side of it, the evaluation side of it, and we're not grading anything. Well, I, I will actually give grades to the XFL entries here. Uh, unlike a lot of what I do and a lot of what I talk about on the podcast and on the, on my blog, Evaluation of teams is something where we can't typically just go to let go to the data and let the data speak. So what we need to do is develop some sort of logical structure. So some way of thinking about these team names systematically so that we can, you know, give a a preliminary evaluation. And again, I'll have all sorts of caveats on this one. Unlike most of what I do, this analysis is very um, subjective, okay? But given that it's subjective, the, you know, the more logical structure we, we put to it, the, frankly, the easier it becomes for someone to look at what I've done and say, hey, Lewis, you know, you're, you're full of crap. Um, because I'm going to be very sort of direct in terms of, you know, how I start to evaluate these teams systematically or these team names. So what I do is I tend to use three criteria. So the first one is uh, I refer to as logical local fit. Right? And so the idea here is, does the team name reflect the local environment? You can think of some great team names. One that I like to usually offer up is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the Steelers, especially at the time when that team was formed, were really came directly from the dominant industry in that in that town. A lot of steel workers. So something that related back to something of local interest. It was a team named after a lot of folks' jobs. The imagery on the, the helmet, the yellow, blue, and red steel symbol, again, very consistent with what was an incredibly important industry in the town at the time. Another example along those things might be, let's say, the Green Bay Packers coming from the era of meat packing being an important industry in in the region. Okay, um, doesn't always have to be about occupation. I know a lot of folks, I mentioned I taught at the University of Florida. The Florida Gators is a great example in that the team name it's, it's a fierce piece of wildlife, and it's something that's incredibly prevalent down there. So again, it, it fits, it resonates, it's related to the local environment. The second criteria I'll look at is, is the team name innovative? Is it distinctive? Is it compelling? Okay. And so again, this type of analysis is going to be very subjective. In terms of is it innovative, the big thing I look for is is the team name does it stick out there's a lot of sports in this country you know we've got all sorts of professional football leagues we've got 120 
high-level Division One football teams. Maybe you want to say we got about 50, 60 Power Five conference members, 300 teams playing Division One basketball. So there's a lot of clutter in the sports marketplace. Does a team name, is it distinctive? Is it going to kind of cut through the noise? And then the last one, the last criteria I'll look at is execution. Okay, so is the branding well executed? Okay, that might seem like a simple one, but I, I think as we'll see, and, and I'm going to reference some of this, what the XFL has done, is thing are things done in a way where consumers get and understand what the brand manager, and I don't know if they call them brand managers in the XFL, is it something that the brand builder, is the brand builder successful in communicating what they want to? Is it clean, clear, does it make sense? I, I think one of the things that, relatively novice marketers will often get caught up in is being frustrated when consumers don't understand their vision. Important thing is it's not the consumer's job to understanding the branding that's being put out there. It's the marketer's job to make the branding clear and relevant and compelling. Okay. Where does that leave us with the XFL? I'm going to go with these, these in order. And uh, being the professor, I'll actually even put grades to them. So number one on my list, and remember, again, I hate to start this with yet another caveat. What I'm talking about is I'm grading the branding. I'm grading the team names. I'm not grading how likely they are to be successful in their local markets. Though I'm not going to be able to help myself. I'm going to have to make a few comments along those lines. So number one on my list, and I'll give this, I'll give this, this team name and the... The logo so they came up, I'll give it an A, is the Dallas Renegades. What I like about this is that the Renegades, sort of this idea of this, let's say, outlaw cowboy, is is a great starting point given the dominance of the cowboys in that market. They've decided to go the opposite direction. So while the cowboys are the market, the America's team, they're not going to try and be America's team number two. They're going to pursue, I, I guess, having a more outlaw kind of rafish image. Uh, the other thing I like about it is, in a lot of ways, it's a perfect local fit. I mean, there's some cowboys in this in this branding concept. There's some Mavericks that sounds a little bit like the uh, like the Texas Rangers. I think they've done a really great job with in terms of the the, the logic of the brand name, the local logic of it. Even in terms of the color scheme, you know, while the Cowboys are blue and white, they've they've chosen to go with blue and black with with red eyes, right? So they're taking it on head on. Now, this is where the the caveat comes in. So while I think this is interesting branding, of all the teams in the league, they may have the most daunting challenge. So they're operating against what is what is perhaps the NFL's strongest brand in the Dallas Cowboys, and they're coming at it with you know, sort of a, a clean sheet of paper. So very little awareness, you know, no existing fan base. So they, they've got really extensive challenges, but frankly, I really like what they've done in terms of their, in terms of their initial, their initial branding. Number two on the list. Well, and I got two and I got two B plus grades next. Uh, the next one on my list is the Houston, Houston Roughnecks. 
Okay. I think of this one as branding 101. There's almost, you know, they're almost paying tribute to the old Houston Oilers with this. The the logo itself has an an H built into the shape of an oil derrick. So it, it it's really this classic approach. It's a lot like the Steelers or the Packers in terms of the imagery. Clearly they're going for the idea of the working man, kind of gritty, tough, very consistent with with football uh in terms of some of the online reactions to it uh i'm more positive than i think a lot of what i've seen a lot of folks have said this this is relatively boring and in some ways i think this is where this ends up being very much a judgment call i think it's classic branding hits the local notes um so it's got that local logic um, in terms of being innovative or distinctive i'm not aware of Maybe there's another roughneck or two out there. So I think it's fairly unique. And frankly, I, I like the execution with the H in the logo. And again, kind of this callback or clap back to the, um, to the Houston Oilers. Number three on my list is also a B plus grade. And this is the DC Defenders. Okay, so again, this this one is very much branding 101 in terms of getting the fundamentals right. So I mentioned that as I've done this assignment for years, I spent a lot of time with the Washington Redskins as the focal team. I've actually seen this proposal out of students. Okay, and so I guess there's two ways to look at that. Number one, I, I should also mention that there are videos that the XFL has put out with all of these. And the imagery that they put forward in the DC Defenders video is very much focused on government operations and defense operations. When I do this in class, this is immediately where the students go to. So the proposals I've seen over years are for the the Washington generals or the commanders, almost always sort of military type names. Um, the Washington DC soldiers, commandos, etc. It's a very kind of, and I don't necessarily mean this in a bad way, but kind of an obvious tie-in to make that if the defense industry, the defense departments are all in Washington, D.C., defense, military, very kind of a tough feel to, to those organizations, fits very well with professional football. Now, why I'm saying it's like we can, we can debate this one. If students are coming up with this in a week-long assignment, then I suppose we could raise issues of, is it all that innovative? Is it all that creative? Um, Again, kind of a judgment call. In terms of the execution, I thought the execution here was a little, was, was fairly interesting. So they went with a shield for the logo rather than a character, which is a little bit different. Um, I saw some commentators say it it looked almost like a, a soccer logo, which may be true. Again, I think, you know, in terms of the execution, they they kept it simple. The execution of, of going with that relatively different, clean logo, my initial reaction is that kind of helps them along the way as well. Now, I think we can't talk about DC without, you know, just as the uh, Dallas Renegades are, you know, have a real challenge taking on the Cowboys, the DC defenders, in some ways, they've got a real opportunity. So the Redskins are a storied brand, and they've got a, clearly a large, passionate fan base, but they've also got some significant problems. And, and so, you know, part of having a relationship with a, with a team is the opportunity to wear those teams' colors and, and logos. 
And the, the, the problem that the Redskins have developed over time is I suspect that there is ever increasing reluctance to wear that image. And so, you know, I, I don't want to get into the politics of it. Uh, I actually wrote an article a few years ago talking about the business case to to change the, the Redskins name. And it, that article really relied on kind of some of this notion of as a brand becomes more controversial, as a growing number of people dislike the image, and when I say that the Redskin imagery is racist, it creates an ever-increasing problem for doing things like selling merchandise. We're, you know, we're not talking about the Redskins today, but those issues create some real opportunities for a new franchise. So if you're a football fan and you want to represent by wearing a jersey, a local jersey or a, a t-shirt, well, now the D.C. Defenders, they've actually got an opportunity to move straight in. Next on my list, I've got a tie between the St. St. Louis Battlehawks and the Seattle Dragons, both of which I've given B grades. So the, the Battlehawks has very little local logic, okay? And how, how could it, right? I mean, what is a Battlehawk? So a Battlehawk is just a couple of words that they've put together. Um, the, the logo itself is a set of wings with a sword. And the, and the video is really emphasizing kind of birds of prey and, you know, fighter jets. So this, this idea of winged warriors. Okay. So I'm not familiar with any other team that has gone with a name like Battlehawk. So it's a, it's a novel name, but it has very little, let's say, local logic. Now, St. Louis, St. Louis area does have McDonnell Douglas and Boeing. So they may have some activity related to building fighter jets. I'm not sure what they manufacture out there, but I think that the connection is tenuous at best. So I think it's a mixed, it's a mixed assessment in terms of, well, it's innovative, it's distinctive, but it also seems fairly arbitrary in terms of the execution. It's an attractive logo. Um, now, you know, how this will be perceived in St. Louis, I think is, uh, I think this one is an interesting question. Actually, part of this this branding, in some ways, this is the most interesting branding. And this gets to kind of a notion of will this team pursue consistency between the on-field product and the team name. So if you look at the images they're putting out there, it's very oriented towards air power. Okay. So now if you're the team, are you going to design the team to reflect that image? Okay. And that might sound crazy to, to sort of the purest sports fans, but there's a logic to it, right? So you're this air power machine, the Battle Hawks. Are you going to go out there and get a coach that emphasizes the passing game? Are you going to invest more heavily in receivers and a quarterback that can throw the ball? Are you going to make the product fit the brand name? We'll have to see how that plays out. Um, the St. Louis market is also an interesting one. There's no... Most of the XFL markets already have an existing NFL team. St. Louis market doesn't. That suggests an opportunity. But St. Louis has also had two teams move out of the market. On a personal note, I might have actually gone with the Cardinals. You know, we've got the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team. The football team was originally the Cardinals. And so it, it seems like that might have been an opportunity to do some real kind of fit in with the history of the St. Louis marketplace. The other B grade is for the Seattle Dragons. 
This one, the online reaction, and I understand where this is coming from because you watch their promotional video, and it seems like this is almost a tribute to the Game of Thrones. You know, so perhaps dragons have now entered the popular culture, and we need a team name which is uh, of a dragon. And 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 look, it's not a bad starting point. Uh, the dragons in Game of Thrones were epic and attracted fans from an amazing cross section of demographics. The thing that they've added to it, uh, maybe this is the Seattle tie-in, is that they have made this essentially a water dragon. I think you could also argue, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, this is this is much more speculation on my part, is that you know dragons tend to be very prominent in a lot of Asian cultures. The Seattle sports market has, you know, with uh, the Mariners in particular, being on the West Coast, having a large Asian population, you know, Perhaps this is a little bit of a play to be a little bit more appealing to to that market. On a personal level in terms of the execution and why I maybe drop this down. And, and again, this is this is purely subjective. Seems like the to me, seems like the name for a minor league team or a non power five college team. I think there's a now I'm just gonna get this wrong, but I think there's some lower level college football teams that actually use the the dragons, but it doesn't seem like a major league name. Now again, this is really subjective. Over time, if the team is su successful, this is um, it's an opportunity to be distinctive and to create something new. Okay. Next on my list were the Tampa Bay Vipers, where I gave them a C plus. Okay, on on this one, I want to read the the text that they included in the promotional video. In the shadows they wait. Demons born of darkness, hunters by instinct, cold-blooded by nature, their bite unavoidable, their grip inescapable. They slither and stalk their competition, luring all who challenge them into the jaws of defeat. The Tampa Bay Vipers ready to strike. So the imagery they put out is very much geared to snakes in the swamp. Okay? This one has a bit of a mixed, uh, I've got a mixed evaluation in terms of their local logic. I think of Tampa Bay as a beach community. I think of the interior of Florida as being more related to the swamp. Emphasizing the swamp actually also makes me think of the University of Florida, who in fact plays their football games at a stadium nicknamed the Swamp. So it seems like there's a little bit of a mismatch. Yeah, Florida's known for tropical weather, swamps, snakes, but does that really fit specifically the Tampa Bay uh, market? In terms of the name, this is and this is where issues of execution come into play. They talk about their bite being unavoidable. Okay, so they're the vipers. Vipers are snakes that bite. But then they go into discussing their grip. And again, this this seems like a very small point, but I can't help when I see this. You know, as a consumer, as a potential fan, my mind goes in all different directions. So they're talking about snakes that bite, and then they're talking about snakes with grips. So are they changing from the vipers to the pythons? Again, small point, but how do consumers react to the marketing message? Is the marketing message on point, sort of clear, goes in a very specific direction, or does it lead to wandering thoughts? On this one, I really had problems with the execution. Made me think a lot about the University of Florida. Um, made me think about pythons versus vipers. As a, you know, a little bit of an aside, in terms of the prospects for this team, Florida is a tough proposition for pro sports very much a college state pro teams have often tended to struggle also a lot of professional 
and a lot of football in Florida. So is there going to be room for for another team for fans to uh, to get involved with? Okay. As we follow up, and if you recall, uh, if you know where the XFL cities are, it's a little bit unfortunate for the story in that the two cities I have left on the on my countdown, my work down from A to from top grades to lower grades are the LA teams and the New York teams. So really the teams located in the in the major markets. Okay, so I gave the LA Wildcats a D. Okay, and maybe this one is really kind of driven by personal bias or maybe from giving this sports rebranding assignment for more than a decade now. I find Wildcat to be the most generic of names. Okay, so this is, it's almost like when you can't think of anything and you don't even want to bother to come up with a specific big cat, you just go with Wildcats. Not even the Leopards or Panthers, just this cat that lives out there in the wild. Uh, So in terms of distinctiveness, innovativeness, ability to cut through the clutter, you know, I I don't see it on this one. In terms of let's say the local logic, I think this one's kind of a questionable one. This one is, you know, LA is a tough market for football and and especially establishing a brand name that fits. When we think of LA, I think we tend to think of glitz, glamour, movie stars, ideas or sort of notions that don't necessarily fit the idea of tough, aggressive football teams. And, And so I think in some ways they're trying to they're trying to split the they're trying to split the difference, right? They want to avoid names that would fit the local that would be would kind of fit the LA environment, and they're kind of trying to do it in a generic fashion. In terms of the execution of the the branding, again, just one of the passages from the promotional materials. In the land of bright lights, far from flash and fame they've already begun to prowl enter their den and be dominated uh run away and be ripped apart this is prime time meets primal instinct so it seems like they're trying to split the difference they're trying to avoid kind of being associated with glitz and glamour type branding themes but they also want to keep in mind this idea of being prime time meets primal uh this is showtime with a snarl okay so they're really trying to take a little bit of that LA glitz and glamour and put it on a tough, aggressive character. So a little bit of a challenge. I mean, I understand why they went in that direction. My big problem with this, of course, is will always be, you know, and again, I will fully admit to to my bias on this one, to thinking the Wildcats name is just lazy. Uh, in terms of the market itself, LA has struggled to support professional football, and now we're going to um, now we're going to have three teams: two NFL teams and an XFL team. So this is uh, a, again kind of a kind of a challenging one, and one where I wish they they'd done a little bit more, sort of tried to do something a little bit more distinctive. And the last one on my list is the New York Guardians, and I will admit that. This one is actually one I struggled with. This one, I think, is very much a work in progress. So when I initially saw the New York Guardians logo, I didn't frankly know what it was. It it was, to me, a little bit reminiscent of the Egyptian Sphinx, and I couldn't quite figure out what they were 
what they were going for. When I watched the video, uh, and here's the, here's the text from the video. Centuries carved of stone, watchdogs over the metropo- metropolis. A prehistoric predator, a beast evolved, turned loose in a new kind of jungle. All teeth and talons, eyes unblinking. They know fear because they feed off of it. They're your first line of defense and there is no need for a second. The New York Guardians on duty. Okay, so guardians, protectors. When you watch the video, it seemed to be mostly about gargoyles watching the population. And and so again, from my perspective, this was the most confused execution. So some of this text, they're your first line of defense and there's no need for a second. Seems like they're referencing, let's say, the New York Police Department. Okay, An incredibly well-regarded and respected police force, especially amongst, I think, the, the segment of the population that tends to be let's say professional football and professional sports oriented. So is this a a tribute to first responders? In which case, I think that's kind of an interesting, I think that's an interesting approach. But the branding also seems to contain elements where they're really emphasizing the idea of eyes watching over the population of the city. Gargoyles watching over. So a lot of the branding almost seems to be like they're emphasizing the idea of uh, a team that's into surveillance. So it, it's this strange, and even like the, the use of the term guardians, when a lot of the images were clearly of gargoyles, this seemed to be almost where maybe, maybe there was a debate in-house and they decided to try and have things both ways. I like the guardian aspect of it, the protector aspect of it, the surveillance, the always watching aspect, I, I think is a complete non-starter in terms of how fans will react to it. But, I, you know, I mentioned, I think this one's very much a work in progress. I, you know, the, the promotional video is something that can be quickly forgotten for, for this for this team as they move forward. And, and so it's like I, I gave these guys a D simply because the execution is relatively confusing. I think if the emphasis was on, you know, first responders, I think this is definitely in the B range, maybe even in the A minus range, as they would have a nice local logic. They would also be fairly innovative if it is in terms of gargoyle spying on folks, then I think while it's maybe innovative, the local logic might be entirely a negative in terms of turning folks off. Okay, folks, so so that's where we're at to summarize again real quick, my, my quick take on the XFL teams. I've got the Renegades as an A, the Houston Roughnecks and uh, DC Defenders as B+. Defenders, I think, is especially an interesting one. Uh, real opportunities in that market. The St. Louis Battlehawks and Seattle Dragons right in the, in the, in the middle of the pack. Interesting aspects. Also some iffy, uh, some questionable elements as well. And then the Vipers, Guardians, and uh, Wildcats uh, bringing up the rear. Uh, like I said... Love this topic in a lot of ways. Love the evaluation of team names. We're brand, especially with you know new league, where the marketing and the branding really ends up being important as they as these organizations try and form relationships with fans, start to build the process. You know, fandom is created over decades, but the team names are especially critical at the start. And like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's almost no business story I like better than the launch of a a new professional football league. 
an amazingly challenging proposition and definitely something fun to watch. Uh, so with that, I'll sign off for now. Uh, look forward to talking to you next time. Bye now.